What is up? What is going on, everybody? This week, we are three guys very comfortable telling each other that we love each other. And we'll do it on the other side of the song. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Three Quads. As always, I'm one of your three co-hosts, Ethan Klein, and here with me, Mike Duranik. You know, I think that it's just that you're introducing me first. It throws me off, uh, but this is the fourth time this month you've done it, so uh, I, I'm well, Ethan. It's good to see you. And Brad Miller. What up? Uh, the reason I'm doing it is because the way that this is stacked, for whatever reason, the way Zoom is doing this, Mike, your picture is probably 75% of the screen, and then Brad's just an itty-bitty little thing at the top of the screen. So, that... so, so you've just got me, you've got me pinned as your, your primary video. I guess. Somehow, someway. I don't know how to do that. but Well, unlucky you, my friend. Unlucky you. Uh, this week, also, I should lead off with you, because uh, we're doing your pick this week for the month of March, and that is the Paul Rudd-Jason Siegel comedy. I Love You Man uh, came out in 2009, uh, and I say that we just get into it. Uh, the question that I always ask, guys, what was your first experience with I Love You Man? Was it back in theaters in 2009? Uh, was it later on TV or streaming, rental, whatever, or what have you? Um, and what did you bring into this rewatch? And if it was your first time, did you know anything about this heading into it? Well, when I turned this on, a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, I thought it was my first time seeing it. But then there was enough that I recognized that told me I had seen this before. So yeah. I apparently it was not memorable the first time. Um, but this was my second time seeing it. And I have no idea when the first time was. Uh, I would imagine that I saw this in the theater. Uh, 2009 would have been right in that era when I would have been going to the theater a lot more often. Uh, and I am a pretty big Paul Rudd fan and have enjoyed Paul Rudd in most, most things, but through this era of these types of comedies, I, I enjoyed him probably the most out of, uh, all of the different, uh, actors that, uh, were in these types of movies. And also I enjoy Jason Siegel quite a bit, and this was coming right off of, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think the year prior. And so, um, yeah, probably went to the theater. Have seen it a number of times since then, just when it's on TV or when it's on streaming as one to just like pop on uh, as I as I fall asleep. This was my first experience with it. Uh, it was one, as soon as you said it, I remembered seeing the previews and the poster. Um, it, it was not something that I was unfamiliar with. I had just never actually sat down and watched it. Um, so as far as like a ton of the knowledge. I mean, I knew it was a guy that was trying to have more friends was kind of just like where I was at with it. Um, and I've always just really equated this movie, even though I don't think Paul Rudd's in it, but to, I think it's like the five-year engagement is a Jason Siegel movie with Emily Blunt. I don't know why those two have always just like lived uh, in unison uh, for me. So went into this uh, knowing you picked it and was ready for whatever uh, it had. I think it's pretty rare that we have two movies in the same month that I have not seen. Um, but that is what we have back to back weeks here. Basic instinct. That was my first, uh, interaction with that. And here we are. My first viewing of, I love you, man. So let's hop into it. Then Mike, you won last week. Once again, 
uh, with basic instinct. So you have a chance. You you could sweep the month. Um, you're gonna have to beat Brad here uh, to do that and get into that fifth week uh, next week. So why don't you go ahead and give us your pick for the Rotten Tomato score? All right, uh, I'm going to say that this was uh, just a solid middle of the road, well received comedy. Um, I think most of these were. I can't remember what's forgetting Sarah Marshall scored, but something tells me it was decent. So I'm gonna gonna give it an 80 and let Brad decide if it was uh, where he wants to put it, where he thinks the critics put it. Because I suspect if Brad was gonna score it himself, he would score it lower than that. But uh, I'll try to make it a tough choice. Well, that's actually not too tough. Uh, when you said middle of the road, I was expecting your number to be much lower than 80 because I think 80's. Uh, not very middle of the road. So I'm going to say 79 because uh, while I did enjoy this movie and think that it's uh, pretty decent, I think 80 is just a little high. Yeah, and to, to clarify as Ethan pulls it up, I meant middle of the fresh road. So between 60 and 100 gotcha. uh, right there. So, Well, uh, Mike, you will be going for the clean sweep uh, next week, the five for five. This is sitting at an 83% on rotten tomatoes wow it seems that the audience uh, is probably more trending where brad was uh, thinking for himself 74 percent from the audience side of things so quite a bit lower i mean nine percent is a pretty drastic jump but that is where we are at with it so let's just roll that in guys is rotten tomatoes correct is this movie an 83 percent and i really am realizing kind of how I said, I don't know if you guys are with me on this or not, but kind of where I had it last week or a couple weeks ago, Brad, when you were asking me about what I really felt about these scores to me, like an eight, something, once it clears that 80% line is every couple of years, it's active. Like I'm actively aware of, I haven't watched that recently. I, I really would like to fire that up again. So is Rotten Tomatoes correct? Is this thing sitting around an 83%? Uh, no, I think that that's too high. I think that this movie is enjoyable. Um, it's one that, you know, I I got into it. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Um, but it's not the best movie of its type. It's not the best, you know, Paul, Paul Rudd awkward comedy. It's not the best Jason Segel awkward comedy. Um, I think that... Uh, uh, while they, while they did a fine job, I think for me to say it has to be an 83, um, it's gotta be one of those, like, yeah, like one that you're definitely going to make a point to watch again. And that's not this for me. I think that this is one that I would watch again. Um, and I did enjoy it, but, um, yeah, I think more, more in the low seventies is probably where I would have placed it myself. I, I think I, I, it's fine. It's probably a little high, um, but upper seventies, lower eighties is is probably where I would put it. Because I I don't watch as many movies like with the uh, intentionality as you do, you know, Ethan. Or so when I think of a movie that I'm going to definitely seek out and watch again, for me, it's probably in that nineties range, upper eighties, lower nineties, or above. Uh, so this is solid. I enjoy it. Like I said, I've popped it on a number of times. Uh, it makes me laugh. I, um, it, it's not the, the funniest movie out of this era of comedies for me, but it's solid, solid. Uh, and so in the idea that an 80 is like a B minus uh, in 83, maybe a little high, but it's right about there. Yeah, I think 
so this I really didn't know what to expect, and I think going into it, I was a little. I mean, if you guys remember back to our forgetting Sarah Marshall episode, that was I was definitely the coldest on that film of the three of us. Um, and while some thing, some thoughts I had about Jason Siegel then, I think kind of got confirmed here today. I will say that I enjoyed this one a lot more than Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, and I think I would have it in that mid seventies range. Um, it's definitely something if it was on again, I would watch it. It made me laugh. I'm not going to seek it out. Um, so I do think it's a little high. I, I guess I'm probably right where the, the audience is at. I'm, I'm one of those audience members like that. Those low, that low seventies is right in the sweet spot. I would be living. So as we look into it, I, I, I want to start with Jason Siegel just cause I kind of like alluded to that there. This was my thought watching this. He makes me laugh, but I'm also in the process of watching. I don't know if you guys have heard about his new television show called Shrinking. Have you heard anything about this? I have not. So it's on Apple Plus. It's the same people that made Ted Lasso are making this show. Same producers. I think the same writers. Um, He is a therapist who I think it's about a year after his wife passed away in a car accident. And he's getting back. He's trying to kind of start the road to real recovery you know he's been doing drugs for a year and drinking all the time and kind of neglecting his daughter and he's deciding it's time to clean up his life and he does that by getting way too involved in his patients lives it's a hilarious show it's fantastic if the last of us didn't exist i think it'd be the best new show of the year i think jason siegel is too perfectly made for tv for me to really really buy him as a movie star there's just something about it. I don't even know if I know what it is, but there's just something that I don't really connect with on like a home run level when he is in a movie. That was my issue is forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I think what saves it here is Paul Rudd. That that's where I'm at at this point with Jason Siegel. And again, I don't know what it is. Maybe you guys agree, disagree, or have a better answer than that. But that's my prevailing thought about Jason Siegel watching this movie. Yeah, I think listening to that or how I would describe it for me is um, I'm right in line with you. I think I always expect more from him or while I'm watching it, I think, oh, this is a really great performance. But then as I reflect on it, I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe that was just that is who he is. And that's what you're going to get. The best stuff, I mean, to to go along with what you're saying, the best stuff he's done has been on television. Um, so yeah, I guess he, and, and that's not a knock that to say someone's no. made better for television than, than movies. Cause there's plenty of people in that, that fit that same bill. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think that he's a perfectly fine actor, uh, for, for these types of roles, but I wouldn't expect much more for, from him. No, I think that, uh, he's, he's solid unspectacular in these roles i'm sure that he probably he was also what was he in recently that i that i watched uh was he in winning time he was yeah wasn't he he? paul westhead Westhead in that and i thought that he did a fine job in that as well um maybe better when you have him in doses spread over episodes um you know i I like forgetting sarah marshall it made made me laugh quite a bit i think what uh works in this one is that he's playing off of paul rudd but what I think holds this one back a little bit from some of the, you know, other movies of that era is that Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel, I think both are better as secondary or tertiary actors in a, in a comedy ensemble. Um, 
And in this one, obviously, they're the almost the co-leads, right? So uh, if you put them as the second and third uh, actors against somebody who's maybe a little bit stronger, um, I think it goes a little bit further. See, I, I'm actually, I'm a massive fan of Paul Rudd. Um, and I guess I think you, you have a point. I mean, his comedies where he's been front and center have not necessarily like, you know, been home runs. Uh, for two, I role models will always be one that I love, but that may just be like a nostalgic thing for me. I don't know if that movie is actually loved by other people like that. To me, that's like one of my five favorite comedies. Um, and I have 25 in that five. So like, it's, it's really honor, a big honor for a movie to make it in there. Um, but I've always really enjoyed him. I love him as Ant-Man, um, which is probably something you and I could speak to more than Brad. I don't know if you've ever actually seen him as Ant-Man. I don't really know how deep your Marvel, uh, knowledge goes there, but, I, I think he, but even in that too, right? Like he works best in the Avengers movies when he, when he kind of pops in from time to time. So I, I do, I do agree with you there. Yeah, and it's certainly not me, uh, you know, casting any shade on Paul Rudd. As I said, right up front, I really love Paul Rudd. I enjoy him immensely in these, uh, in these movies. I thought he was good here. Um, he, for me, was the highlight of, of forgetting Sarah Marshall. And that was much more of a bit role. Um, so yeah, he, he's good. He, he's funny. Uh, I also enjoyed him in in role models. Well, Ethan, you need to put some respect on my name because as I sit here in the quantum realm, of course I know who Ant Man is. Well, I knew that you knew who he was, but <laughs> I didn't. Know I, I was I was there. I was there opening weekend to watch the quantum realm. You went um, and saw Quantum Media opening weekend. Ooh. Quantum mania, is that what it's called? Yes. yes I didn't know I, you and I would be sharing that honor. Well, I have uh, two children that wanted to see it. And so I went along with the with the family and we made a nice little trip out of it to see quantum mania. Russell, they, they might have tricked me telling me it was WrestleMania. And so I went along. But uh, well, impromptu yeah. review, Brad, what, what were your thoughts on quantum mania? Um. You could have told me it was Guardians of the Galaxy or any of the other, like Thor maybe, because there's some space things there. I, I think they're all starting to kind of blur together and get confusing. Um, there was nothing about it to me that really stood out, and it was an entertaining movie that I'll probably not watch again. Well, Brad's uh, Marvel knowledge ethan uh, runs as deep as a sharon stone ice pick so this is pretty impressive i've got to say yeah that was a uh, spot-on uh review there um i was a big fan uh but really of the movie i mean bill murray was in it so it went up a few notches but uh you know no i there wasn't much redeemable about it to me but i think uh I think that's a, another place, another time discussion. But uh... yeah, we'll we'll get down a bunch of rabbit holes. I'll just I love Jonathan Majors. That's really what did it for me. Um, I yeah. So back to I love you, man. Here and with Paul Rudd, I think basically we're at this point. If he, if Paul Rudd is in something, I'm gonna get excited. Whether or not he should be a leading man or a side character, he's earned it up to that point. We're like, oh, Paul Rudd's in a new movie. That that's gonna pique my interest. Um, and he is the sexiest man of the year. So if you didn't know that, he did he was elected GQ sexiest man of the year. 
Good for him. Yeah, I mean, he should be proud. It's a to be his honor. I don't. If it sounded that I was distracted, I've just spent the last fifteen minutes tracking and killing a stink bug while still recording this, and my dog was about to take out my TV. So, props to me because I don't think you guys understood the craziness that was happening in this house. Um, <clears throat> but well, one other rabbit hole before we move on. Speaking of crazy in your house, what's with the dual uh, competing ceiling fans there? That's uh, an interesting. What are they like? Six feet apart? You can see those. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh hot damn! Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whoever. That's uh... an interesting choice. I don't know that I've ever seen two <laughs> ceiling fans that close together that one can't do the job that both of those are trying to do. Well, if you want an air an air tunnel, right? Like you've you've <laughs> yeah. got the ability to like really kick it up another notch. I mean, to me, why why wouldn't they just move one of those? like three feet the other direction and take the place of both of those. I, I Well, what's going to really blow your mind is when he zooms out and shows you the other two on the opposite sides of those. <laughs> there, there is a lot, there's a lot of breeze going through my bedroom. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. So both of those are in your bedroom. So yeah. you've got, you've got dual ceiling fans in your bedroom. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. If I want to be cold, I will be cold. Nice. That's oh, intense. Goodness. What are we even talking about? This movie? Yeah. All right. Um I don't even where where do you guys want to go? Where would you like to go next? We talked about Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel. Um let's let's go with kind of because you guys have been touching on it and at some point it will guilt trip me into actually doing my entire list. Where where is I Love You Man gonna live in in the world of uh, the three quote, and I think Mike, you did this a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was interesting. It could be something we start doing. Say like what's right above and below it. Let's let's have a conversation, just kind of about the world that it's living in on your list. Uh, so for me, this was our highest rated movie of the month. It came in at number fifty for me. Um, right around that, uh, forty nine is Avatar, and fifty one is Lincoln Lawyer, which uh, spoiler alert, we'll be doing. All right next week so um yeah i I think that uh we've done enough movies now that to be in the top 50 means it's it's fairly enjoyable um you got to bump some down there um for it to get up there so yeah top 50 means uh at least to me that i was fairly impressed by it yeah my face brad wasn't because i think you were off it's that once again we're very close uh this one is 51 for me so we didn't hit it exactly the nail on the head but i agree with you and uh where you see some differences in the movies around it uh looking just slightly higher on my list uh 49 was sicario 50 no country for old men so that's kind of my cutoff for the top 50 and then moving down beneath it, 52 is Casino Royale, 53, this is where I leave you. Um, so, but in terms of like proximity to comedies, this did come in higher for me than Billy Madison, even with all the nostalgia that comes in with that. Um, come, came in higher for me than Major League. Uh, and so uh, both of those were slightly lower on the on the list for me than I love you, man. Interesting. Where, how, what's the gap between this and forgetting Sarah Marshall for you guys? Because uh, I thought me, I really did. I enjoyed this a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed forgetting Sarah Marshall. I had this at 50 and uh, Sarah Marshall at 59. Okay. 
Yeah, and I was I was much higher on forgetting Sarah Marshall than both of you guys. Uh, so forgetting Sarah Marshall is still sitting just inside my top twenty uh, because that is one that I will rewatch. Um, and that's that tends to be one of the things that I look at in my rankings is how likely am I to like actively seek out the rewatch, like you know Brad had said. Right. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is one that I enjoy quite a bit more on the rewatch. Okay, fair, fair. Well, and then uh, just to put some audience pressure on you too is that if you ever do get us your list we can actually let the uh the fans know where we stand collectively um when when that happens so and i've had two i've had two people i'm not exaggerating i've had two people who listen to our podcast who have said you guys should do an episode or a part of an episode where you you look at your overall top tens and your bottom tens and stuff like that and i said it's impossible to do because Ethan has, I had said 30, but you earlier this month said 50 top 10 movies and it just throws everything off. I will, I will do my best to work on my, my comprehensive list. I, I, I promise I will. Um, let's, uh, let's flip it then guys. Um, favorite line, favorite scene time. Uh, where, where are you going for favorite line? Um, before, I guess right before you jump into that, one thing we, we do with a lot of movies that we didn't with this one is just kind of look at the overall cast. And I'll say this is actually really impressive with yeah. Rashida Jones and Jamie Presley, Jane Curtin, John Favreau, J.K. Simmons, Andy Samberg. Like, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving some out, too, that are, uh, you know, Aziz Ansari, Nick Kroll, like they brought out some heavy hitters for this one and they kind of just kept coming. So I was impressed um, with who they had in this. Um, and it's one that didn't, uh, that didn't take away from the movie for me. I think it added to it. So I think they did great on their casting. Agreed. Um, whenever. <laughs> what? I like it's like a that sounds like such a dismissive com- agreed moving no, on because I was <laughs> I was gonna roll that into whenever J.K. Simmons pops up in a movie I'm a happier man for it um that brings me quite a bit of joy no matter what he's in and no matter what he's doing so I I agree with uh your thoughts on the cast Mike what was your favorite line well, I, I have two, so I was going to see if you guys wanted to go first, just in case you take one of mine, because I've got a tie for the two. Well, my mine is, it's just, it's one of the inter, interactions between Jason Siegel and, and Paul Rudd, and it's when he, get home safe, Pistol. <laughs> He's like, you got it, Jobin, and then just, it's really just his <laughs> response of, no, I, I don't know, you nicknamed me Pistol, I called you Joe, it, I'm drunk, I'm going to call Cab. Like, that is, that is peak paul rudd that is when paul rudd and does not just this movie any movie paul rudd is in like if you had never seen this movie and i read that line to you if you knew anything about paul rudd you'd be able to perfectly know exactly what just happened mm-hmm. and and that is what makes him uh the absolute best and so i thought that was uh paul rudd being his best and that was my favorite that was the one that made me laugh the hardest uh just to go a different route with mine my favorite line was not really a line at all. It was the moment when uh, he's, he's talking with the guys after playing cards and then he just lurches all over John Favreau. Like it to me said so much without saying anything. And it was just kind of him perfectly like, Oh, Hey, this guy's going to finally get it. He's 
doing okay socially here and then next thing you know he chugs that beer and just throws up everywhere so um, i'll call that my favorite line because it kind of summarizes his entire awkwardness throughout the whole film well and that's where i was going to go for my favorite scene is just that that scene of him drinking there so uh we'll do that so the two that i had uh jobin was definitely a final uh, finalist on my list uh, I love the interaction between uh, him and his dad, Rudd and J.K. Simmons, where he's talking about best friends. And so uh, just the way that Simmons delivers the line where he's like, you know, Rudd goes, you're telling me that Robbie is your best friend? And just matter of fact, yes. And Hank Mardukas. <laughs> just the, something about Hank Mardukas and the way he delivers that has me rolling. And then the other one is, uh, again, in between uh, Rudd and uh, Jason Siegel. And it's when he, uh, Paul, uh, Paul Rudd says, you know, I'm thinking about asking Kevin if he wants it on the Ferengo house. And he goes, dude, I pissed on that guy's face at a Bennigan's. You do not need to be splitting the commission with that frosty haired chode. <laughs> <laughs> so again, a lot of great lines in this movie, uh, but, but those are two that stood out to me. Oh goodness. There, I mean, there's plenty of great ones. The, I loved the, uh, I think he's on the phone with him. He says something about like, meet me there in a half hour. I'll see you there, or I'll see you some other time. <laughs> like, I'm confused. Are you gonna go or not? <laughs> oh, that stuff's great. Favorite favorite scene, fellas. If you have to pick one scene. Well, like I said, I, I'm going with the puking all over John Favreau. That entire scene uh, was probably my favorite. I don't know why, but I really enjoyed the scene um, when they first met each other, and then they're watching that guy from across the room and he's like yeah he's holding a fart and you know he tells him to watch him and then you see the guy kind of lift his leg and then swat it away and then i don't remember what he says to him when he yells across the room but that whole scene was uh was hilarious to me yeah when he's yeah who wants this house it smells like farts in here doesn't it <laughs> roll down the window sweetheart and i think the best part of that is not even just calling the fart it's like oh no that guy's not actually serious about buying the house look he's not comfortable with her he's holding in a fart <laughs> oh goodness i mean it's gotta be the the puking scene i i did enjoy it just because i love jk simmons so much i like i love that dinner scene too where he's talking about who the best friend is just because I like J.K. Simmons. That's got to be the, the puking scene, I think, was the funniest thing. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think that'll do it. I think we covered as much Paul Rudd awkwardness as this episode can hold, uh, which means there's only one movie left in the month of March, and it's my pick for the month, and that is uh, Matthew McConaughey in The Lincoln Lawyer. So we've done – I know we've done at least one other Matthew McConaughey. Have we done two? At least two. I, oh. We might. We might even no three. Right? Because wasn't he in a, a Time to Kill? He was. And we also had uh, Interstellar. Mud. And oh yeah, and Mud. So See, at least, right at least three. This is the fourth. My memory rearing its ugly head again. So uh, we've lived in the Matthew McConaughey world plenty, but we're going back into the courtroom drama with the Lincoln lawyer. That'll be next week. This week was I love you, man. Thank you so much for listening. Learn that, guys. For Mike, for Brad, I'm Ethan. We'll see you next time.